Hey there, welcome back to the Etsy Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody McGuffey, and today I'm joined by our guest, Monica Little. Monica and I dive deep into the psychology of an Etsy shopper. We talk about how to actually take your listing and separate yourself from all the saturated competition out there. We get to talk about how you actually can separate yourself from all of that, considering your product images, your listing description, and how it actually makes a huge, huge impact to your conversions, to your views, and overall to your business success. Very excited to show share with you guys today's episode. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Everbee, and we believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to pursue their passions and live life on their own terms. We believe in making e-commerce accessible to everyone in the world and making using it to make a positive impact to our families and to our communities. Everbee is the all-in-one business platform for Etsy sellers to grow their business. So you need to be using it. It's free to use. Everbee.io. Sign up in the link in the description below. See you guys in the episode. Monica, what's up? How are you? Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Super excited to chat with you today. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, no me too. Um, I appreciate you reaching out. Uh, and I was digging into your background and you have a super, super interesting story and background that we can share with the listeners. And I also selfishly, I want to learn all about you and all about your story on selling on Etsy and all this good stuff. Um, so thank you for being here. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to, I, I'd love to bring you up to speed. I can just dive in and get my background if you want to start there and then yeah, we can please. see where the conversation goes. Yeah. Maybe for um, like, um, for anyone that doesn't know Monica Little, like who is she and how do yeah. you hear? Yeah. So I actually started on Etsy. I was a small business owner and now I'm a business coach. I help people specifically with Etsy. So if we go back maybe four or so years, I actually went to, I um, was working at corporate offices for about eight years. Before that, I went to school for marketing. And while I was at my corporate job, I knew that's not what I was meant to do the rest of my life. I enjoyed what I was doing. I enjoyed the people that I was working with, but I knew that there was something more. I didn't see myself working from nine to five, Monday through Friday, living for the weekends. So really what happened is I just started to come across some like hobbies and figure out where my interests are. And I started to become really interested in creating organic skincare. So at that point in my life, I was very interested in just overall health and wellness, um, especially since my mom had two different types of cancers that she battled and survived. So as I started to see all of the repercussions of that and, and the process of her going through that, um, and then as I started to get older, I started to really value health and wellness and organic skincare was one byproduct of that. So so as I started to experiment with organic skincare, I started to just talk about it on social media and people started to ask questions and wanted to know more. And I was like, okay, let me put this up on Etsy too and see what this can really turn into. And obviously for me, and I think a lot of Etsy sellers can relate, it wasn't just put your products up there and then all of a sudden all these sales magically come. There was a lot of trial it and error. It's not worse, right? I know, right? <laughs> right? Well, a little bit simpler with, with the tool that you have, which is awesome. But um, for me, it definitely was a little bit of trial and error and a little bit of struggle. But I found that when I started to pair my marketing background from college, from corporate offices, and started to implement that on Etsy, that's when things really started to take off. So mm. I ran my small business plant-based beauty for about two or three years. I grew it to multiple six figures um, across multiple different revenue streams, but Etsy was one that was just tried and true. Once I figured it out, it was just sales were coming in, passive income, bringing new customers to me, which was a beautiful part. 
So now what I do, since what I realize is a lot of small business owners, they really love the creative side. They love to make their products. They love to come out with different creative items, but they struggle a little bit on the business side. So when I found out that, okay, this marketing background that I have has really helped me on Etsy. Let me see how I can help other small business owners. So that has transitioned to what I do now, which is really helping with marketing on Etsy. So these shop owners can actually get seen, but also have their item added to cart and actually purchased by the customers that are shopping on Etsy too. I love that. That's like a, such a golden a summary, by the way. So thank you for, for that, that, yeah. that clarity. Um, but I, there's so much to unpack there. And I want to kind of like go back to, back to the beginning of the story, maybe kind of beginning. So four years ago, you were working still in corporate mm -hmm. and you were marketing. Yes. What were you doing? And like, what company were you working for? Yeah. Like, oh, great question. So I went to school for supply chain. So I'll take it even back a little bit further. So nice. supply chain management is basically how to be efficient with your time, your money and your resources. Right. So, um, that's what I went to school for. And then when I worked in corporate offices, I worked in place in roles like procurement, which is how do you buy things at the most effective cost? How do you source from like overseas and things like that? And then my most recent corporate job before I left to focus on my, um, my own small business was at Expedia. And that was more of marketing. So that was customer loyalty. That was um, top customers. That was working on the website. How do we really refine to get people to actually book hotels or buy airline tickets or whatever mm -hmm. that, that they're purchasing on Expedia? which is super interesting because when you think about Expedia and Etsy, they're super, super similar. Expedia <laughs> is a middleman that connects consumers with hotels. Expedia doesn't like manage the hotel or own the hotel or determine the pricing of the hotel or anything. They're just this middleman that connects the customer. Yeah, exactly. And you think of Etsy, same exact thing. Etsy is just the middleman, that marketplace that connects the shopper, the customer to the small business owner. Etsy doesn't make the product, ship the products, determine the pricing. So a lot of like the marketing strategies that I learned at Expedia in terms of understanding pricing, understanding what levers to use, understanding how to really um, get people to not only view, but also also add to cart and book. Those are the components that I brought over to Etsy that has really helped me with my Etsy shop. So, so yeah, it was, um, that was my last corporate job that I had was at Expedia. I love it. Like you basically have this, like this background that's kind of mixed, not necessarily like all in product development or in e-commerce even actually, right. It's, but it's, you have this, you, you pull from these different experiences in your life and you kind of merge them and mix and match them and you kind of figure out, and now it's kind of led you to where you are today. And I could see where your sourcing background, procurement, things like that really came into play just with understanding like unit economics, making sure oh they're gosh, profitable yeah. on each product that you sell. Uh, very, very important things for especially a handmade seller, but really for every seller out there in the world, like you need to understand your profit margin on each product that you sell. I mean, just yeah. at the basics. And then that's, that's for any product. And then specifically for like the handmade seller, uh, like there's different components that you're dealing with. You have to source from this person, the source from over here in China, and then you have to support, source from your like local market. And then you also have your labor in there sometimes, yeah. or you pay for a labor, pay for somebody who comes in. And then how do you value all that to put it into one cost of goods sold, like a total of cost of goods sold mm -hmm. sale on that revenue. And then you have that your profit left over. Um, that's such a complex process for, unless you're, you're in, super curious and interested in business and you had all that kind of like, you pieced all that together throughout your careers, it sounds like, and now yeah. you it. Yeah, 100%. I think the pricing equa equation is very interesting, especially on Etsy, because a lot of people, what I see is they totally underprice their products on Etsy. They're trying to be the cheapest one. And that's actually a common um, 
myth that I see is to be successful, you have to be the cheapest price because everyone is competing yeah. on price and everyone's trying to undercut each other. Race to the bottom. Right, exactly. But this is where number one, understanding your pricing and making sure you're making a profit, like so important. But then number two, when you add in these marketing components, like having great photos, having a great description, having great reviews, educating through your photos, that helps you to also maybe not, I don't want to say the word justify, but when you have a premium price, you have to have like this more premium marketing for people to be like, oh yeah, no brainer. Right. So for me with skincare, there were people selling face masks, for example, for $10 with a DIY handwritten label, which is totally fine. Cause that's how I started too, with the DIY label. But what I love about Etsy is you can have the more expensive products. You can actually make a good amount of profit. You can price them correctly as long as your marketing actually matches that and attracts the right audience to you. Because on any platform, there's going to be people who are trying to find the cheapest product, but we don't necessarily want to compete with those people, right? We want to actually right. show the value and demonstrate the value and get people to buy at a price point that we're making money and able to grow our business, which I think is something that people really do struggle with, especially when they're starting out on Etsy. Totally. And I think it's like a limiting belief in our head too, because yeah. like you said, like people really think that we need to be cheaper because that's kind of how we are typically, right? Like, yeah. like I'm typically looking for the cheapest product, but if you actually look at it, sometimes I step back, I'm like, price isn't the only thing that I care about. You know, mm -hmm. it's especially if it's for a gift for my wife or for 100%. my kids, right? Like I'm price isn't like, actually, it's not even an equation as much, right? It's like, that's like my last thing that I'm considering. It's more like, is this special enough? Is this, can I trust this seller? Can I trust this marketing? Is this really what I'm looking for? That's more what I'm curious. And then, oh, it's, it's three times as much as the other one, but this one actually checks all the boxes. So like, is there a competition? Not really. Like I'm yes. not, this, this thing's not competing with anything. Like I, it's just, it's got my business now. Yeah. I love that so much because I think a lot of times the the lower pricing, exactly like you just said, actually may portray to peer that may portray to people that it's not a high quality product. Like, right. okay, like what is this? Is it going to actually look like what it says it is? Is it going to arrive in time? And when you have that pricing that actually aligns, it shows that it's a high quality product. And I love what you said about how people shop on Etsy. They're buying gifts or they're buying something special for mm -hmm. themselves, something unique, something that they can't find on Amazon or Target. Right. So if you actually step into the customer and like the consumer point of view, they're okay paying a little bit more on Etsy because they want to know it's high quality. They want to know it's going to be exactly what they expect it to be. And they know it's unique and made by a small business. So I love what you said of, yes, sometimes it's like, how do we shop? Okay. Am I bargain hunting for some things, but also knowing how do customers on Etsy actually shop? Right. And I know when I shop on Etsy, just like you said, I'm like, I want to know that if I'm buying this for someone, it's going to be exactly what it says. It's going to be the perfect gift and price. The higher price actually gives me the trust that I'm going to get Very what I expect to get. And that's the one I'm going to add to cart and purchase. Yep, totally. And how do you, what is, what's your views on shipping? I'm curious because um, shipping is always a fun thing to talk about because people as consumers, we love free shipping. But interesting, interestingly enough, like Etsy seems like it's not the case. Uh, mm. People are willing to almost expecting to pay for shipping because it's like a unique product. But tell me your view. Yeah. Okay. So I have maybe a little bit of a different view on this. Okay. So I'll actually give you an example from Expedia, which is where I um, really come with this viewpoint. So we did this a test, for example, at Expedia where people could purchase a hotel. 
and it said the price of the hotel, but then at checkout, there was an additional $8 fee. So when we would do testing like this on Expedia, we would split the traffic 50-50. 50% of shoppers would see this $8 booking fee at checkout, and the other 50% wouldn't. And then what you do is you compare, like how does performance differ? What happens? And what we noticed is so many people dropped off on that final checkout page where there was an additional $8 fee. Which is kind of crazy because you're booking a $200 or $300 hotel. What's $8 to that, right? It's a small percentage. But what what I took from that is people price anchor from that first price that they see. If they see $300 for the hotel and then all of a sudden they get to check out and there's additional hidden fees that they didn't know about in their brain, they're like, yeah, I agree to 300 and now you're making them think again. Now you're making them try to justify yeah. it. Now you're making them have to ration. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Mm-hmm. So my viewpoint on shipping is I like to offer free shipping because I like to make that process as easy as possible for the customer. I don't want them to have to think twice, to have to rationalize, to have to ask themselves questions of, is it worth it or is it not? And just to be upfront with that full transparency of, Hey, what you see is what you get. Another thing that I found too, is with sellers on Etsy, it's interesting because if you don't offer free shipping, you can choose if it's $5 or if it's $15 or if it's $20 for shipping, right? You can determine that. So what I find is that a lot of customers, they'll start to go for the ones that maybe are priced a little bit less, but not free shipping. But when they get to check out, this one is an additional 15. This one is an additional 20. This one is an additional 16. That people are like, I don't want to have to go through that. I'm just searching for the one that's free shipping because I don't I don't have to figure out what's better, what's more economical, yep. what's coming up. So that's personally what I teach yeah, people. Yeah, I but what I also say to this is like we just talked about, it's not from a place of eroding your profits. Your product should be priced properly. That free shipping is manageable. You're still making a good amount of money and that it's just going to help you from that marketing point of view. Last thing I'll mention on this too is the other reason why I love offering free shipping is because you have that green free shipping um, little badge that shows up Mm -hmm. and that any feature that Etsy has very similar to Expedia, it's there for a reason. Like they're the people who work for Etsy aren't coming out with features just for fun. They're testing it. They're saying, does this free shipping, does this green icon, does this badge, does it lead to more sales? And if it does, then they're going to roll it out and actually spend the time to develop that feature and have it for their um, Etsy sellers to use, right? So that's the other part that I always tell people, if there's a feature, use it because there's probably some psychology that a green button with free shipping draws people's attention and is going to get them to click. So that's my view. I'm not saying it's, it's the only view, but, but that's, that's how I uh, explain things. Yeah. I love it. And I honestly, I would agree with you. Um, as far as like from a user experience standpoint, if I'm a shopper, of course, I want that free shipping because I just want to like, Hey, like this person's transparent. It's clear. It's clean all the way to the end. Like I paid what I paid. I only like paying the tax, but I'll pay that because it's it's expected. Right. Um, Agree. Agree. Totally. However, uh, sometimes you have to play the game, right? Yep. And the game is your competitors are doing the same thing. Their price is super low. And then they're building into the shipping. And so like, they're considering that and building that into their margin. And sometimes if your product isn't that differentiated, which is probably the first problem, uh, you have to compete on those, those little details. Now, I think though, that you come from a place of don't even make it to where, try not to even compete on certain things like that. Position your product in a way that you don't even have to consider. Just have the best offer, best product, best marketing. Would you agree? 
hundred percent because then you're not having to play these games of reducing your price to try to compete with the people next to you. Mm -hmm. So how I really like to explain this, I mean, for example, your photos, if you have professional photos or just rock star photos that really show your product from all the angles, um, from a person using your product so that shopper can start to visualize, okay, what is it going to be like when I use it? When you have these photos that are very high quality from a marketing point of view and actually connect with the shopper, you're already standing out and, and your higher price point is totally going to be worth it because you've gone above and beyond what a lot of people, a lot of other sellers won't do. And then I think there's also like your reviews. Do you have a ton of amazing, incredible reviews of people raving about your product? Because that's also going to set you apart from someone else who may be $10 mm -hmm. cheaper. Also your description. Do you have every single detail that no matter what that customer is wondering, what question they have, they can find it right there. And there's like no questions left unanswered, no, st no stone left unturned that they're going to add it to cart. So I, I, I get that too. Like I know a lot of people start from that perspective, but it's a totally different ball game when you can just confidently stand in your pricing and elevate your brand to be in alignment with that pricing that you don't have to compete. You don't have to play the games. Now, depending on where people are with their business, I mean, it one be, it might be at one point versus another, if you're new, sure. if you've been on Etsy for a while. Um, but I think those things help that it's just like, okay, no brainer, like not even necessary. I'll give one example of someone, um, one of one of the people that I work with, she sells necklaces that are between $330 to $450 on Etsy. And okay. she's already sold like 30 of them, which maybe isn't the highest in terms of number of items sold. But at that price point, that's great. And there are people who are selling similar ones for $100, $150. But she's got her marketing down that is just like, okay, cool. I see the value in this. It's been portrayed to me. I'm going to add it to cart and purchase it. Beautiful. Let's stick on that one for a little bit, because I think we always like to give like tactical things too, right? It's one thing to just like, oh yeah, that's great that Monica and Cody says that you should offer free shipping, but like, I can't, how? Like, tell me. And so, okay, for that woman, for example, your friend, um, necklaces, $330. I think we could all agree that that's a very, very impressive price point, especially when you just consider this for a second. This is online. This is not like stop stepping into a store that's a beautiful store, well lit, and like having to meet the person and talk to the person, build trust and then build credibility. And then all of a sudden you're looking through a glass glass case and then you actually feel the necklace. No, this is all online. It's digital, right? Sounds like. And they're making the they're trading their money for this thing that they do not even have yet. And then it gets shipped to them. They have to take it and then they have to try it on and they love it, of course. That's impressive. Right. Like yeah. I think that's just so important to like just sit there and recognize real quick, like $300 for something that's never even touched me yet. Like, it's so cool. Mm -hmm. Now the question is, how does she do that? How does she build yes. so much of that credibility and trust in a listing of 10 images, plus a description and a title? Yes. Like, what did she do? Oh, such a good question. Okay. So let's start with the photos first, because I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that people make on Etsy is that they are putting 10 photos, but they're not using them strategically. Every single photo should be either to educate or to evoke emotion or to show the product in a certain way. A lot of times we just fill it with 10 photos of 10 different angles or whatever we have in our camera. Right. And oh, yeah. that's, that's what we do. So this is where we really start to elevate. So a couple examples is the easy ones, the product, you should have photos of every single angle. If it has 
if, for example, skincare, just to deviate a little bit, if there's information on the bottle across the entire bottle, you need photos of every single angle of that product so people can read. So they start to build that trust of, okay, here's what's what it says, the description on the bottle, the ingredients on the bottle. Cool. Now, what we also like to do is educate through those photos. I think this is where a lot of people miss the mark. So with Laura from the Necklace Studio, for example, she uses beautiful gemstones, like authentic gemstones, amethyst, opal, um, rose quartz, things like that. So for every single listing in her photos, not only does she show the necklace as it is, but she also is educating by saying, here are the properties. Amethyst is great for tuning into your intuition. Rose quartz is great for self-love. Opal is great for X, Y, Z. So she has this beautiful graphic of the necklace with actual words around it. Mm. So she's educating on the gemstones. She's also educating it's made, it's handmade and hand knotted with, hand -knotted with silk thread. She's also educating that it has a 14 karat gold clasp. So what we have to think about when we think of photos is people shop in different ways. So all the details in your description also have to be in your photos, because okay. what if someone only shops through the photos? And if you're not giving them all the details right then and there, they're going to click the back button and go to someone else. Let's be honest. Like we don't even like reading the description. Right. Right. Yeah. Some people like me, I like to read all the details, but okay. I think, yeah, I think I'm because... one of you. That's probably because you've been trained that the photos are never accurate. So you have to like go to the description. Yes. Actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's a big component is educating through the photos. What are those key pieces of information that shoppers need to know that you can portray in your photos? Next thing, which I kind of touched on earlier is actually evoking emotion through your photos. This is what people miss entirely, but that is essentially a big part of marketing. How do you connect with people to really like evoke that emotion and that trust and just connecting with your brand. So for example, she has beautiful photos of people wearing the necklace and you can see that they just feel confident. They're excited. They're happy. It's a pop of color with maybe a simple outfit. So someone who's like, oh my gosh, that's what I need. Or, oh my gosh, that would be a perfect gift for XYZ. Now you're starting to get into their emotion and into the head. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I'll mention with the photos too is for her, she has a beautiful unboxing experience. She has a velvet pouch. She has a box. She has a beautiful card. And there's even a beautiful little tag on the product. So she has a photo of that. So when people see it, they see it's gift ready. And now again, they're thinking, who can I gift this to? Am I going to gift it to myself or am I going to gift it to someone else? So there's like a lot of psychology behind these photos of what we're doing. And then lastly, on the photo side, what I'll mention too, is I love for people to have a photo like about them, about their business, about their brand values. So oh, this okay. isn't necessarily about the product, but again, building that connection of, okay, women-owned business, handmade, made in the United States. She's a certified gemologist. So when someone reads that, they're like, wow, this is credible, right? This is pretty cool. She went yeah. to school on learning about gemstones. Not you're, just saying... adding, you're building a whole bunch of value inside exactly. of this. Exactly. Like yes. Benefits of like the stones. And then you're like, oh, it's made by a doctor or whatever it is. Right. right? It's made by this. Oh, and it's like, it's just building a bunch of value into this 100%. thing. So price is going from like, we're trying to like justify the price of $300, but it's like, boop, 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 boop. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, it's worth $330 because of all this stuff. 
Yes. I love that. It's kind of like a value ladder, right? You're just climbing right. it up one by one. But one thing that I'll say too, is this doesn't mean that we all have to be like doctors or gemologists or anything exactly. to sell items on Etsy. Cause I sold skincare and a lot of people would ask me like, Oh, did you go to like skin school or cosmetology school? And I was like, no, I just, you know, found formulations that I really love that worked for me and worked for a ton of other people. And that's why I started to sell. So it doesn't mean we have to be, you know, that's like, a great point. Yes, certified because I know that that may bring some doubt to people. Totally. Yeah. Don't you if you're listening to this, don't use that as like a reason to not do something. Uh, yeah. It could be your family. It could be like your husband and your wife, like or, or you and your husband or wife, like in a picture and saying like this is why we started doing what we do, and this is how many people we've helped, or this is how many people we want to help. Even if you haven't helped anybody yet, like we're on a mission to do this. Like yes. it could be that kind of stuff that builds a lot of value. Yeah, and I think really the point here is educating, connecting, value. That's what, that's what the photos should do. That's what your entire listing should do. And when you can really connect with people, I mean, when they're on Etsy, they know they're buying from small business owners. And usually people who want to buy from small business owners love to know about the small business owner, love to know, you know, they just love to connect with them because it's not only supporting a small business, but it's someone who is going after their dreams that they're supporting. So that connection piece, I think is really big, but essentially what we do in the photos with like connecting having high quality photos, educating. I like to make sure those same details are in the description. Like I said, no question left unanswered. The details are there and then having a ton of great reviews. So proactively reaching out to your customers after they purchase, Hey, can you leave me a review? Getting those reviews there because that also just helps from like a psychology point of view for people to quote unquote, justify it, or just to add another step in that value ladder of, okay, well now other people loved it. And one other thing that I'll mention on the topic of reviews. Um, that's actually another photo that I recommend for people to have. Take a screenshot of like your best review, Agree. put it in your photos, because again, for the people who are only shopping through photos, now they're stopping dead in their tracks. And they're like, wow, this is a great review. If this person loved it, then I will probably love it too. Or it's going to be a great gift for so-and-so. So now you're bringing that social proof right in the photos. So it's just about like being super strategic, right? We're not just putting stuff up on Etsy just to put it up. It's intention, it's strategy, it's marketing, it's connecting. And this is really how you start to build this Etsy machine that brings in sales for you consistently. I love that. So golden. I think that anybody listening to this, I hope you're taking a bunch of notes. If you haven't like go back and like, listen to it again, take more notes because this is all like tactical stuff, like very, very true. And it's not just for like the handmade seller, which I think is mostly who you've helped probably in the past. Is that, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. Cool. Yeah. Which is like super, super tactical stuff for the handmade seller, but also very applicable for the print on demand seller who doesn't actually have the product to make the product from scratch. Like you can still separate yourself in ways. Maybe I know you don't, you're probably thinking about this. Like you don't actually have the products. You can't take pro take a picture of every single angle well, first of all, that's not true. You can absolutely order the sample and do that same thing if you wanted to. Um, but also you can certainly take a picture of yourself and your family or whoever your business is and like write down your mission or write down the, like the point of you actually starting this shop, you know, like Monica mentioned. So don't let being the print on demand seller like 
be your excuse for not doing these things because it's super impactful for your business. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it can, these concepts can be taken on, on any business really. Yeah. We have to get creative and do things in a little different way, but that's what I love about just marketing and selling principles is basically they're like universal, you know, marketing and selling, you could apply these principles to any product. It can be jewelry, skincare, print on demand. It can be a sticker. It can be ceramics. Um, it can be a candle and, and anything that you sell, as long as you get creative with these concepts, Concepts, right? But it's going to help you just elevate your business and elevate your product so much more. Totally agree with that. Um, what, do you, what do you think about like the, a lot of times people are listening to this and they're driving to work or they're driving back from work and they're in a position like, like your past position, right? Where they're not really enjoying their job or like maybe they, they kind of feel like they have another purpose and maybe their other purpose is selling on Etsy or starting their own business or something like that. And they're, they're trying to figure it out, right? Um, they're discouraged and Maybe they they they've decided that they want to do do Etsy. Okay, so they're listening to the podcast and they really want to do Etsy, but they don't have a product to sell yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really know who they want to serve. Right? We've all been there. Like I have been there a million times, and you're just like, okay, I can do it. It seems like it's possible. Everyone says it's possible. What do I sell? Like, yeah. what do you do? Such a good question. Okay. So I'm going to take this in two different ways. So first of all, I think whenever we come out with a product, I mean, it should come from a place of either a passion or a purpose or a problem that we've solved or an idea that we have. So I do think there has to be something behind it in terms of, yeah, I'm really interested in this, or yeah, I really like doing this, or yeah, I'm really inspired by this. So I think that's like half of the equation. Okay. What lights you up? If you're like, I want to start a business, but I don't know what lights me up, then get creative. Just spend time being creative, seeing what comes to you. And it may not be the thing that you are making. That is what you end up selling, but that creative energy is just going to open you up to ideas like oh cool I really like this well what about this and what about that so I think spending time understanding what do you enjoy what do you like seeing what ideas come to you being open to possibilities and just running with those ideas that come to you as part of the equation Hmm. now the second part of the equation which I think is exactly where your program really comes in is making sure that there's actual credible like data behind it, that it's going to sell well. So I think I see this more on the print on demand side and things like that. A lot of people may potentially have a a saying that they like that they want to put on a sweatshirt or something and sell it on Etsy, which is hundred percent great. But you also want to just make sure and do some due diligence. If you don't have any proof of concept via Instagram, via anyone else buying from you, then go on Everbee and actually do those searches to see, okay, what's selling? Is this going to do good? Um, how is this performing? What trends do I see? So from my perspective, I think it's it's a little bit of both, but getting some sort of proof of concept is going to be super important, right? For me, that proof of concept was on Instagram of just talking about my products and getting people excited and them reaching out and saying they want to buy. Now, if you don't have that angle, then using a tool like Everbee to be your proof of concept of what's already working, what what do I have proof that's going to work and just getting some creative ideas from that obviously doesn't mean to copy, right? And I know that's not anything that that you you say at all, but just to figure out what's, what's working and what creative ideas can I have come to me. But then I think the third component, if I were to add another one, is kind of just like trusting your gut and going 
with it and seeing what can happen. And you're going to learn so much along the way. You're going to evolve. The first thing that you come out with isn't going to be the last thing you come out with. I mean, look at the iPhone. They came out with iPhone number one. Now it's on like what number 14 or something. I don't know. Cause mine is still the iPhone 10. I'm a little updated here, <laughs> but you're going to evolve. You're going to iterate. So just see what you are capable of. And you'll be surprised when you have the tools to support the knowledge um, and just the attitude of, let me see what I can make of this. You'll be surprised at what actually happens and what comes next. That's, I love that. That's golden. I think in a, the underlying thing that I kind of summarizing your three, three thoughts were is like, take action, right? Yeah. Like, like just move, just move. Like don't just overthink and think, 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 think. I mean, you could analyze and, and research and that's all great, but like you need to follow up with action. It needs yes. to, otherwise nothing happens. Um, 100%. I love that. Monica, where can everybody find you? I mean, yeah. you have so much golden like uh, knowledge, so much value that you can share with the world. And I know you are doing that. And that's amazing. You're giving us some free value here. Where can people like find you and get closer to you? Yeah, absolutely. So I mostly hang out on Instagram. My Instagram is Monica Lua Coaching. Um, and then I do have a podcast called The Product Based Podcast, which Cody is going to be a guest on the podcast. So you guys will have to come and check out that episode too. But that's primarily where I hang out. And if anyone has any questions, I just love chatting about this and just reminding people of what's truly possible, um, reminding them and showing them, you know what, like your dreams, if it is to leave your full-time job as well, or if it's just to have some extra money to take your family on vacation, whatever your dreams and goals are with Etsy, it's so possible. So I love chatting with anyone who's on that path. So that's where you can find me. And I look forward to hearing from everyone who's listening to this here today. I love that. And then we will link to all of your stuff, you know, in the show notes or in the YouTube description, wherever you're listening or watching this. Um, so Monica, thank you again, and I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks so much. Yeah.